Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Root. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the Gert Grimbriber. What's Gert? Grimbriber. Gert. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say Grim Grimbriber because I can't say that without a really long, awkward pause. So I was going to try and avoid that and not like force my speech impediment down people's throats. But no, uh, we've done it now. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to? What does Gert mean? Gert? Yeah. Is it like Gert? It's like really Gert. Gert Lush, isn't it? To bad. No, Gert, Gert is large. Oh, like I, Groot. Yeah, like that fuck off Gert bull over there. Like, oh, Gert, Gert big. All right. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought Gert you were, re- I thought you were referring to Gert B. Frobe from <laughs> Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what's everyone up to? Al, go. Just watching Joe Dirt. Okay. <laughs> On repeat. That tracks. That totally tracks. <laughs> Fine. Uh, um, I have been mostly restructuring um, since I've got the house back to myself. Um, it, it means I'm no longer confined confined to the tiny spare room upstairs for my day-to-day combobulating. Um, so I brought all the office stuff downstairs in the living room, which means I've now got a signal, so I'm not cutting out all the time. Considering Yay. I spend most of my fucking days on uh, conferences like this, <laughs> staring <laughs> into screens and having uh, digital meetings online. Um so I've set up all my computer downstairs. I've got my monitor mounted up and everything. So it's now a lot more comfortable. I'm not trapped in a tiny little room. Um, I've got space. I've got room to move and not stuck on that massive um, hairdresser's chair that you gave me that is so heavy that you can't move it. So you can't get in and out of a desk, which I was using as a computer chair. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten I gave you that. <laughs> it's as as like a lounge chair or something to get your hair cut in. It's really comfortable. As something yeah. to get in and out of with your legs under a desk <laughs> is nigh on impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why, why do you think I gave it away? Well, yeah, that and it was full of 20 years worth of grease and hair from being in a hairdresser's. Yeah. It was pretty grim. Yeah. Um, mm. Maybe a hairdresser's in a mechanics by the look of the uh, shit I cleaned out of it. I, I actually took <laughs> it out of a uh, tattoo parlor. Oh, that would explain yeah. all the dead skin. Blood. Um, <laughs> so, and then now it means, because I've got my computer down here, I don't have a webcam on my computer, so I've set up an SLR working for these sorts of meetings now, so hopefully get a little bit better picture. Um, I've got some mounts coming tomorrow, so I can actually properly mount the camera and the microphone and have a real setup. So this whole experience will become a lot more enjoyable and oh, wow. not a bodge job, because I'm I'm basically doing it all day, every day. Um, right. and, and just like arching your back and staring at like a tiny webcam on a on a MacBook is not conducive to yeah. a healthy spine. Um, so it's just yeah. worth setting up and getting that right, really. Um, and then uh, I talked about it last week um, that I just, my headphones had fallen apart uh, and I just wanted to do something with them. So I did put them in my ear defenders, which was a fun little project. Like <laughs> I, I was one of them where I just couldn't sleep last night in the middle of the night. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to 
see if this works. Um, there you go. Yeah. A little bit more complicated yeah. than I thought, um, just with the wiring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Getting yeah. it to like run through the headband because you could just have it where it's like this, where it's like underneath. Yeah. Right. But but Change I track. always get this shit caught on headphones like this. And if you've got that in the um, workshop, it'd be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So I actually put the um, auxiliary port on the head, the jack on the headphones, so the wire yeah. just clips in. I was going to say, uh, can you like unplug that so you yes. can have them just as ear defenders without yes. a wire? Yes, Sweet. which is That's great. A very good way of doing it. And then it. It, it comes out the back as well, so I can actually run the wire down the back instead of running in front and getting nice. caught on shit. It was mm, like, nice. why don't people design headphones like this? <laughs> yeah. I can do it. Mm. Can you make me a set, please? They were really, they're really satisfying, and they work really well. Um, I'm still great at um, actually defending my ears, which is the whole point of them. Yeah. That's me. Cool. That's uh, cool. Sounds like a great weekend. Uh, oh, great weekend. and I took weekend. apart all the framing and stands and all the stuff from the table build because basically that was just filling up yeah. everything. There's loads of like leftover timber. So now I've got piles and piles of like shitty pine and loads of offcuts of oak. Um, nice. I'm going to make with some, the oak, hopefully going to make those tents for the kids that I talked about last week because mm-hmm. um, yeah. the birthday's coming up next week, so I need to get those finished. Uh, and that's going to involve like sewing and making the canvas and hopefully some lights, could put some little fairy lights on it and shit like that. Um, but I've not started that yet. Awesome. Wunderbar. Nice. Uh, Brett, what about you? What have you been up to? Mm, what a week it has been. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Yeah, I I think the biggest uh, progress marker that has been made is I am currently knocking through the list that I got from the uh, city or the county. So everything I've been telling you guys up till now, um, we had hit a couple of roadblocks in terms of me just needing to either fill out paperwork or send them information. Um, the latest of which was they're like, "Hey, you're you're doing great," and we've knocked out like a half dozen of these these necessary uh, signed documents, but we need a, a floor plan, a plot plan, and an energy estimation for the site um i think that is because none of those exist currently uh, or prior to me so they yeah. don't know they don't know you know it's like a, a square lot but they don't know like where the cabin is on it or how big it is and all that stuff so uh i am yeah. using my illustrator talents and knocking up scaled you know, quote unquote drawings of all this stuff that I hope will pass <laughs> through. And I think because it's a prior existing structure, I think all the paperwork is relatively sorted. Um, I think yeah. I'm just kind of updating some things. So as far as I've been told, it doesn't all need to be, you know, like certified and surveyed and, and signed off by some professional that's going to ask me for money just to draw the drawings. Yeah. So made a bit of progress um, on that. I, I do plan on after we get off the podcast, I need to spend today just uh, finishing the rest of the drawings, like the plot plan and trying to get an energy estimation together. Uh, but we're we're like genuinely making steps towards uh, I've been told after I get through this list, I can start building like I can start building nice. a kitchen or a bed and all these things. So yeah, I'm very 
excited for that. Um, I did spend a couple of days just over on the property doing some prepping for Maker's Camp, just kind of getting the shop in order. And uh, there was a big pile of rocks, like little, uh, I don't know, just gravel. You know, it was a big pile of gravel. I don't know what it was there for, what they were planning on doing. I took it upon myself to like shovel it out and rake it around. And I started, (laughs) started doing a little bit of like landscaping, if you want to call it that, (laughs) because like the way that my property is set up, you, I don't really trust that there's no nails or screws where you can drive the vehicle. So I pretty much just pull in through the gate and then I don't go any further. Yeah. So the idea is that I can put gravel, you know, kind of going in these different directions so that I can, you know, drive the truck in and park and have this, have a nice little gravel driveway. Uh, but it started with this pile that's been there since, uh, since I moved in. I don't know what it was for. <laughs> it's just a big pile of rocks. And I felt like I achieved I something it. just by shoveling a pile of rocks. <laughs> yeah. And then Brilliant. Uh, did Maker's Camp yesterday and the day prior did some little live forge demos jess was kind enough to come over and operate the camera and answer questions and moderate uh i think it went really well uh people seem to have a really good time you know i kind of bodged up the the hook that i attempted to make yesterday so in my you know full controlled um I don't know what you would call it. Like the aftermath, I still had a lot of energy going on and I was just so unhappy with how the hook turned out that I just made another one in 30 minutes that turned out pretty well. I was like, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I had to show my... I've achieved something. Yeah, I had to show myself that I could do it. Um, yeah. But it went well and, you know, I don't... I haven't been really checking in today. Today's the final day. Um, but I have to... I have to give myself a little pat on the back that as far as I know, and no offense to you and the boys at the forge, because you guys were brilliant, but I had the, I had the most viewers both days. Nice. Good work, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to be a dick. It was just, it was really nice. You know, I had no clue. Like, are five people going to show up to chat with me or, or watch me do some forging stuff. And it was, it was really cool. Like Jess at one point was like, Hey, you're there's like a hundred people watching. I'm like what? <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it made me feel really good about just, you know, taking the time and, and actually feeling the engagement of the people. Yeah. Um, and also I just, I know a lot of them were, fools and and folks that are friends of ours so it was really nice i i remember watching your guys uh live stream as well and just the majority of the people that were watching were all fools the tools folks and friends that we've made over the last couple years like man we have such a supportive group of fucking people that will just (laughs) go out of their way to watch you guys be idiots while alex wears adidas in the forge <laughs> yeah when he yeah. said he was going off to grind i thought he meant like the axe not that he was just going around to skate around the back because he uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go do a bit of grinding yeah it was um that was fun but it, it's funny because like you say it, i when you whenever you're doing a live stream especially one like that where you know there's going to be events going on all day long you never know how 
how many people will turn up, what the engagement's going to be like, whether there's like going to be questions in the chat or whether there's nothing in the chat. I mean, I, that's one of the reasons why I, I like to kind of um, like try try to keep talking as much as possible to kind of engage questions and stuff from the comments because mm -hmm. when you uh, I, I don't know if you experience the same thing, but when you're doing a live stream and there's no comments for more than like thirty seconds, you're just going uh right well it, it looks like everybody's left now yeah it's like, has it has it frozen am i still broadcasting or but yeah. um well uh, I, on that I, on that note actually midweek um we did our first like uh brief for the university yeah uh which normally is going into the university in lecture hall but this was doing it like this hmm. but the difference is all the students have their cameras off and they're all muted. Yeah. Ooh, so you don't my. see anything. All I see is my presentation. So I'm just presenting my presentation to a screen, looking into a camera. They don't see yeah. my face. All they see is the presentation. Yeah. And you're just talking for an hour into the void. That sounds awful. And there's no feedback. There's no, you can't do chat when you're just one yeah. person presenting. And it's that, it's that exactly like you say, Steve, that, that, is is everyone still here? Is this still working? Yeah. Is my internet still working? Am I talking yeah. to anyone? Like, but you can't stop because you're in the middle of like trying to be passionate and yeah, inspirational and getting really excited about shutting the press. And it literally just like go through a whole thing where I've just been staring at my laptop screen and talking to my laptop screen like a fucking psycho, and then get to the <laughs> end and go, that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then people try and like, oh, fuck, it's still it works. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's the faith, the faith yeah. that there's people there. Yeah, it, it's 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 a weird thing, especially. I mean, like you say, like it, it's all right when you're getting a bit of feedback back through it, but to do um, presentation when there's like cameras off, mics off, everything. That's yeah. Fuck that! I I no, would yeah, hate that. No way. <laughs> but, it's, um, it's the new world order, though. That's it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but at least with most of them, like you you know, people have their mics on and mm. and cameras on so you can you can kind of see what's going on. But yeah, fuck fuck that. I I think I'd end up doing like an hour's presentation in about thirty seconds just to get through it as quickly as possible. Mm. Uh, on the flip side though, it was nice because at the end, normally when you're in a uh, an auditorium, lecture hall, mm. the students are all really shy. And yeah. they don't want to come up and speak, and there'll be the odd gobshite that comes up and, and talks, but yeah. obviously the rest of them just want to get out. Yeah, but because they're all just sat at home, there was loads of questions, and everyone was just chipping right. in, and like so, yeah. there was a lot more feed. It was a like ironically a lot more interactive because of <laughs> yeah. that, but only yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it maybe uh, it would have been good to have kind of like the uh, um do the the presentation like that, but have like a live chat going on at the same time or something. I mean, it sounds really trivial, but even stuff like um, little emojis, like I think yeah, it's I was on, gonna say like thumbs up and I think it's on Zoom. That. You can there's like a whole array of like little rounds of applause or little giggles and stuff. And it, even that, yeah. that's what you'd have in the room. Yeah, like if yeah. you're if you just crack like crack wise or put someone that's really cool, it's like oh wow, you know. Yeah. It, it sounds trivial, but I think little little just little yeah. emotions like the sign that there's someone involved yeah a little bit of feedback <laughs> yeah it's, so actually yeah. emojis are actually worthwhile in that in that instance because yeah it, it is what you would get in the real life scenario you would have mm -hmm. you would judge people's yeah. emotions that's why i can't stand presenting over the phone 
Yeah. Because you yeah. can't see that look in someone's face. You can't see the shock or the disgust or, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> but, throw yeah. me a bone. Nice. Throw um, me a freaking bone. <laughs> uh, so, Brett, uh, anything else other than uh, awesome live streams and shoveling rocks? <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, Steve. <laughs> what we're dealing with right now. Nah, I believe that's it. You know, I'm I'm just I'm holding my thumbs, I'm crossing my fingers on cabin stuffs because yeah. it, it just it just feels like it's so close right now. And I mean, look, I got my first piece of mail asking to pay my property tax, which is like I officially nice. am on the the grid or i'm in the yeah. books as a homeowner which is you know you look at it and you go i don't want to pay any more money <laughs> but at the same time you go wait that is the marker that says it's a real thing like, now we recognize yeah. you as a as a property owner so you know it's it's going to be a lot of work uh once things really get started i i, I think it's going to feel so much more real because right now every time i yeah. go over there it's just like I've been told not to really make a lot of progress in case we need to double check or reassess anything. So yeah, just crossing my fingers, you know, hoping for the best in the next week, submitting things this evening. And then, you know, I would, I would love to be able to give you guys like a really good update next yeah. time. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But what have you been up to aside from your delightful live stream, which <laughs> genuinely you guys did a fantastic job and I know it may not have run perfectly smooth, but <laughs> I, I really enjoy watching those. And you got, you know, you were doing them a couple months back and they were still yeah. super enjoyable. So it was nothing new, but yeah. Yeah. No, thanks, anyway. man. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we do, uh, we've obviously done them um, a few times. We, we kind of the last few years we, we've made a habit out of um doing live demonstrations and pre presentations and things so doing it with um all through a, a phone screen is certainly different it adds its own challenges in um but i think because of the kind of the rapport that the three of us have working together it it works because it means we're able to crack jokes at each other and suggest mm -hmm. that Joe takes his clothes off and, and things like that. Make Joe feel super uncomfortable. That's always good fun. It was really um, good. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, sorry, I just keep getting really distracted because where, um, where Al's got his uh, DSLR video, he's got this really nice depth of field and he's like really nicely in focus. It, and... it genuinely looks like we're filming a movie right now, but it's all yeah. about Al. <laughs> It's <laughs> the point. That's why I did it. It's like sick yeah. of this fucking wide-angled webcam shit. Where you're staring right at. It. <laughs> the only thing is, though, it's mirrored, which is annoying me. Yeah, I can't get it that way around. Oh, ah, so it's on, I don't know why. Yeah, it's on the wrong side. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, this week has been uh, busy. Um, started out on kind of a boring note. We've got a. Um, the video that I was, think I mentioned uh, in the last episode, um, I've been trying to get that edited and out. Touch wood, it should be completely done uh, by the time this episode airs. Um, whether we've actually put it out, whether we wait to the weekend, I'm not sure, but I'd imagine it'll probably be out um, by the time this is out. Um, so that's been 
horrible because it's there's so many just little things that are wrong with it like um speaking of of being in focus because where a lot of it where i was filming really low to the ground and my camera doesn't have a flip out screen i had to kind of guess and hope that it was in focus and the autofocus on that camera is fucking terrible so there's quite a lot of the time where stuff's just completely out of focus or you know it's it's focused really nicely but just in the wrong thing or um there was loads of background noise the audio was kind of rushed and yeah it's just taking a lot more tweaking than i think any other video has but whilst i was doing that we were also well i was also getting phone calls from al every like hour or so uh because we were trying to get the uh the first alex paula ironwork newsletter done sorted and out the door um that turned into a fucking comedy of errors because mm-hmm. um we spent loads of time getting it sorted on one platform then realized that that pl- platform was going to charge us like a hundred dollars a month just to be able to send it out um mm-hmm. to the people on the mailing list and then had to go to the other one and then realized that that didn't work and it was just a fucking nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that. Um, the, like I said, the video's still not quite finished, um, which is frustrating, but we've already started working on the next video, which is part of the, um, uh, some stuff that we're doing that we can't talk about yet, but the video itself, um, we went to Gilmella's place. Well. Yeah. It, it's the truth tr- is it's not my business so i can't be like oh i'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret because then it slaps me yep. um but, uh, but yeah so we went to gil meller's house uh for those of you who don't know gil he is a uh quite well-known british chef um his house is the most glorious place i've ever been it's <laughs> this it's an ex-summer house for a big country estate where it's like buried in the side of a cliff and they've just dug back into the cliff even more to turn it from a summer house into an actual house. And it's fucking beautiful. Looks out over the South Coast. It's stunning. And Gil's an amazing chef. Um, so we went there. We did a load of filming there. Um, we were using a, uh, a like a wood-fired pizza oven. And about... Well, about two, three months ago, I discovered this gluten-free pizza-based mix. And uh, me and Jazz made a couple up. And we're like, oh, actually, yeah, this is this is really nice. This is a really good pizza base. Like, I can I can get on board with this. Like, even though it's gluten-free, it's still really tasty to the point where I've been saying to other people, like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is really good pizza base. Um, Obviously, because Gil was cooking it, wood-fired pizza, Gil's an amazing chef. Uh, the ingredients that he was putting on top, I was like, oh, I need to try a little bit of this. So I was like, I know it's going to hurt, but I can I can get away with having a slice of this pizza without dying. So that'll be fine. I'll just have a bit of a sore stomach for a, a few hours. Um, ate the entire slice, and it's completely <laughs> ruined this gluten-free pizza-based film. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how delicious gluten is in a pizza base. Um, mm-hmm. And we got some fucking great shots. Uh, it... The only downside is the fact that it's it's really added to my kind of argument of we need us if we want to continue doing the the films and progress and grow in the way that Al wants us to, 
we need to get a second camera just because mine cannot cope with what we're trying to do mm -hmm. um and also i need a camera that i can set up and have doing the like the um the the long shots the wide shots to capture everything and then have a second camera that i can go in and get close-ups and detail shots and fancy things and all of that um mm -hmm. but still have that main camera set up catching capturing the rest of it um so i'm hoping that a little bit more convincing and i might actually agree that it's worth upgrading um because i think with not a huge amount of money spent we could see a vast improvement on what we're doing um so fingers crossed that'll work um and then um more just making shit uh through the week and then saturday um was the live stream and one of the suggestions that i'd made to our which i think i've talked about on here before is the fact that we should have um like play days um so where we can go in there's no um there's no work to be done we're not talking about like oh we need to make x amount of ladle handles or you know we need to get these coffee scoops assembled or anything like that it's just go in make whatever you want and enjoy it and get back to just the the joy of blacksmithing sort of thing um, and especially for me because i've just i'm not doing any kind of forging at the moment um and as it turned out we all wanted to make we like we all had plans to make axes anyway so we mm -hmm. had kind of themed team building day where me joe and al were in all making axes um and it was fucking brilliant i had so much fun um it's like it came back to haunt me how little um forging i've done because by like the last few stages last few heats of the axe my uh, my entire arm was just cramping up and it was horrible um uh yeah axe number four is the forging is completely finished um i was pretty happy with how close to final shape i got it there was a little bit needed taking off the pole and kind of just the tidying up the blade edge but very very little um grinding actually needed doing which i was again super fucking happy about mm. um and it's the first time i've done anything resembling like a bearded axe as well so it's like a it's a carpenter's axe sort of style um but it's based off of a pattern that's in the workshop that alan joe both think is ugly as hell and it is an ugly as hell axe for the, the pattern is um but i really liked it because it reminds me of the land rover because it's very it's got a flat back and a flat blade uh, that curves around slightly. And it's very angular. It's very utilitarian looking. And mm -hmm. because I, kn I knew that I needed a, an axe for the Land Rover, because the one that's in there at the moment is fucked. I was like, if I make this, then it can be my Land Rover axe. And it can live in there. It's put on a three-quarter length handle, and it's perfect. Um, so, yeah, it felt fucking awesome to, A, have this thing in mind and have the free time and the... Uh, space to be able to do it uh, but also for it to turn out um, so much better than I was expecting it to um, I'm super happy about there's there's a lot of things about it I'm not happy with and there's obviously always tweaks and things that I, I would like to do to it but mm -hmm. um, but yeah for axe number four I'm I'm pretty happy with that um, but yeah that was kind of that was kind of it like it was it was that and then going into doing the live stream and and mucking around and today's been quite chilled out i'm just ate a roast and <laughs> editing and that was it but yeah it's been a good week um 
I had a, a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to getting that axe. Um, right, do the heat treat and grinding one evening this week and then get uh, a handle stuck on it uh, at the weekend, um, which would be good because it means it'll be the first time in ages I've got to get my um, Japanese saw rasp thing, the Shinto rasp. Shinto. Shinto. Uh, you want to snur handle it? Snurl. Snurl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm gonna get that out and play with that, uh, which would be good because I, I miss using that thing. It's it's fun. But yeah, that's that is my week, um, and we don't really have a, a topic this week because none of us really thought that much about it before we started recording. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we were just gonna riff and just talk about stuff and things. And I'm looking at you two, waiting for one of you to <laughs> throw me a fucking. Up. Yeah, to fucking throw me a line here or something, but no, nothing. Okay, just no, just, just thinking about this this whole um, sort of virtual environment. Um, obviously, we do this every week, and it, to a certain extent, seems to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, funnily enough, like being in the same room and trying to do a podcast is a lot fucking harder. We've done that a yeah. couple of times, Steve. I've been at yours. We did it at, yeah. uh, at gyms um, and, and various other times. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 format of conversation works really nicely this way, and I think it gives yeah. like when Brett's awake a relatively like equal voice for everyone involved. Yeah. Um. But just talking about the like when you're actually presenting <clears throat> this this current environment is really difficult for me particularly, um, and also thinking about work that kind of brainstorming environment where you're just bouncing ideas off people, having a chat, um, the way you'd normally like maybe articulate things or show people what you mean, Steve. I mean, you know, your your approach to explaining smithing could be through using a bit of plasticine or sketching something on the anvil with a bit of chalk, you know, or actually just going and grabbing stuff, picking it up and, and kind of explaining things physically. Mm-hmm. Brett, you're really good at, at, at imagining things in space. And, and, and talking about things in the environment. So when it comes to this sort of 2D world that personally I'm trapped in, I know you guys are maybe mm. a little bit more free of it, but still have to deal with it. Um, <clears throat> I'm just wondering what the tools are, what is ways to get around it, still keep that energy and that passion up. I mean, you guys obviously this weekend have just done two really engaging um, sessions yeah. via remote remote learning, you know, going from that, makers camp environment that was so many people and hands-on and everyone really loved it and the environment and the atmosphere and stuff to a virtual one which is going really well so far um i'm just wondering what you guys what your take on it is yeah i mean I, I, it's it's a really weird one because we did the uh the schools for fools thing back in the um uh the beginning of lockdown and it it is really hard to describe something that is so tactile i mean especially with um with something like black something like the the fact that you're you're listening for particular sounds um to hear when the steel is getting cold and mm-hmm. and being able to show that you know this is the because ev- everyone that's ever filmed any kind of uh hot metal knows that on camera it looks about 400 degrees hotter than it actually is like it can be a dull red and on camera it looks like it's still glowing white hot Mm-hmm. Um, which is a complete pain in the ass. Which is one of the reasons why I like using plasticine because it's like they're 
they're such definitive colors and you can see like ah you can see this bit is orange so if we hit it here it does this um and also because with that you can pick it up and you can manipulate it you can hold it right in front of the camera um and it's it, it's uh a little easier to to demonstrate with that um but doing it like audio only i mean you imagine trying to um to teach someone uh blacksmithing or something um in a podcast imagine how hard that is how difficult that is because it's such a visual thing mm -hmm. um but it's the same as pretty much everything like i i don't think um you appreciate how important those visual aids are until you've you're forced to work without them um and like i i pride myself on finding or normally being able to find ways to explain things um from different points of views, different perspectives, um, and in different ways and giving different analogies so that, mm -hmm. um, like always trying to find a way that it, it connects and it works for the the student or the person I'm trying to explain to Like I, I think I've said before, one of, one of the reasons that I maintained my job in IT was because I was able to be the kind of translator from business <laughs> to IT and IT to business because it's being able to that information in, um, process it and then find a way of, reiterating it in a way that's understandable for the person listening mm -hmm. um so i think a big part of it is that feedback you need to be able to get feedback to understand it i mean if you if you write a book then you can write it in the most descriptive way you want but if someone doesn't understand it at least they then have the option to go oh, i'm not quite sure about this i need to go back and reread it whereas if you're just doing like a live talk at someone then they don't have the option to to stop and go back um so having feedback and we we were um when you were saying about um like doing a presentation where no one where you everyone had their webcams off mm -hmm. like even just being able to see that little look of confusion or that little spark of like oh fuck i get it now on someone's face is hugely important to be able to i mean i i, gain, I did I, going with it. in that environment i often use like not shock tactics, but like unexpected behavior to kind of keep people engaged. Yeah. Like students, especially they've got, I think it's something like a 20 minute attention span. Yeah. Um, and then it just starts to, to wonder. So, you know, I will use colorful language or um, physical presence and act and, and, and yeah. demonstrate and use props. You know, I, I, I mean, the, the science owl in the last video, was me fucking around that was but so like, good <clears throat> but i actually i actually do shit like that when when i present in like lecture halls i'll, I'll bring yeah. costumes off and like duck down behind the stage and pop back up like a fucking <laughs> magician um but because it 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 keeps things fresh you're not it's not bueller bueller you know you're not just sat yeah. there in this environment taking things in um and i think that's because there's a finite time as well but so your point about books steve i think it's a really interesting one because when I hear myself moaning about this, oh, I can't, I can't be in the room with people. People can't mm. get their hands on materials. There's no tactility. How come like books on subjects yeah. have been so pop so popular? You know, the amount of blacksmiths who are like, oh, you got to get this book. I've got this yeah. great book. I've got this book on the Swedish axes. You know, and mm -hmm. same with woodworking. All these famous like furniture, but Japanese woodworking books that everybody has, yeah. um, and even down to like cookbooks, like. Why the fuck would you want to read about something that tastes? Yeah, like uh, the the only thing about food is like the the taste and the smell, the sound, and then you know, yes, the presentation and the way it looks is important, and you you, you yeah. eat with your eyes in that first first instance. But 
once you pass that, that's kind of like circumstantial. I, I, yeah, I want I want the textures. I want to be fulfilled. So how are cookbooks so popular? Yeah, because um, I think there's a when you're relaxing, you're absorbing that information at your ledger. Yeah. Your, your imagination takes over, and you can you can fill in the gaps. You can fill in those missing gaps. If you're on a live stream and it's like instant and real, yeah, and real time, the 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 audience doesn't have time to like imagine what soft steel is like because <laughs> you're yeah. already on to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, like you say, with with a cookbook or or um, books on specific techniques and things like that, they tend to be a little bit more formulaic, and they're great for being able to go back and reference. I mean that. Why we have reference books, um, but like you know, a, a cookbook. If you're if you're watching a chef um, uh, make a pre uh, prepare a, a meal or make a recipe or whatever, um, you you can only take on so much of that information, and and the vast majority of what you're taking on board isn't the ah he used X amount of this ingredient and then it was X amount of this ingredient and then it was this. What you're taking on is the way his hands are moving, the way he's. Um, adding the water at this stage the way that he's waiting until it gets to this consistency and then he's doing this other thing and when he needs it he needs it in you know he, he uses that style or this technique for kneading and that's what it actually means whereas when you're reading a, a cookbook that's it doesn't say i'll oh, do it in this direction and and do this and that and the other it's very much more um you need x amount of this ingredient and x amount of this and so i think there's a it, it's really hard to convey those um, those visual stimulus um, in an audible way. Um, you can do it to a certain extent on a live stream where there where there is video, um, but I think it, even then it's still really difficult. Like that in person learning is is something that's such an important thing. Um, and like you said about uh, keeping keeping excuse me. Uh, trying to keep people's attention by doing the unexpected shit. That's why me, Alan, Joe take the piss out of each other constantly whenever we're doing live streams or anything like that because it keeps people's attention. Like there was uh, one of the live streams we did um, back in the summer. Um, there was there was kind of a lull in the the comments coming in, so uh, I made a joke about the fact that because Joe was walking into the other workshop and just pointing the camera down at his butt and making a comment about his ass. And that was it then. The comments started flowing and people started engaging a bit more. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's this weird thing of it is very... Um, it, it requires a lot more thought to, um, to, uh, uh, to transfer knowledge when you're, you're doing it remotely. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's there are skills and techniques that you can pick up from um, from books and, and, and written media um, that that do help. Like the there's uh, there's a book by uh, A. W. Beale or something like that. I think I can't remember what it is. Um, but there's a line in that that uh, talks about um, talks about the, the the fire and um, when they're talking about forge welding. And the line is, and I think I might have actually used it when they were doing the forge running, but it's um, sparks come off, come out of the fire like incandescent fleas um, <laughs> jumping ship or jumping off. And like using this, um, this really descriptive, emotive language 
um, can really, really help. And I think if if you're not able to give someone that tech, tactile um, experience where they get to touch and hold and feel and, and play with the thing that you're talking about, you need to be able to describe it well. Just saying, get the dough, add water to the dough until it goes to the right consistency doesn't doesn't work like there's so many different consistencies that you could have dough that are good you need to be able to say to the point where it's yeah it's no it's no good saying like sticky but not too sticky mm-hmm. like that you need to find ways of describing exactly what you mean um, i do love how many people uh in recipe books and even things like concrete or some of the the mixed materials that we have it'll be like Mix it to the consistency of oatmeal. You're like, well, that's really, <laughs> oatmeal. that's a broad yeah, exactly. spectrum. Like, what Pizza kind of flavor. oatmeal are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think it's it's an interesting thing seeing how people try and use what they consider to be standards to um, to to use as descriptors because there's very few things that are standard all across the world. I mean. Uh, one of the things that I uh, see in recipes is until the consistency of uh, of double cream, which which is a good one because <laughs> double cream at least you know is a fairly consistent paint. state. Paint. It's like what, like julep yeah. wants? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> jelly. What the fuck? Well, someone said the I I remember reading once custard. I was like, well, is that like yeah. the birds? Shit, yeah, the Ambrosia. shit custard that my nan used to make that was ruddy as fuck, or is that the stuff in used to make for school dinners that's got lumps in it, or what? Like, it, yeah. But, so, um, so instead of those analogies that you hope people understand, I like real life situations. So like, <laughs> whisk the meringues until you can turn the bowl upside down above your head and it doesn't fall out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because this that's binary, that's black and white. Either yeah. it's gonna fall out or it isn't gonna fall out. Yeah. Until someone tries it. Oh, it's great until someone tries it and it's not actually thick well, enough. That's how you learn. Yeah, but come on, yeah. that's not only will you learn from that, it's also probably hilarious. Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess this is how I have to test it. Like you it's can't even be a that point. as well, you know. Yeah. Well the thing is is you I've seen people do it and they kind of like they pick the bowl up and they get it to just in front of their face and they just start turning it like <laughs> Uh... <laughs> but, but yeah well, I, I think i think there's something to be said about the uh the way that you engaged people or the way that you kind of sparked the conversation i i like these uh this discussion we're having on analogies or you know now using owls meringue uh i'm just visualizing how that looks when it's owl maybe behind hb or even if he was in the kitchen behind you know cooking surface i think one of the one of the hardest things about these live streams or when we're trying to do like one-to-one engagement while filming or while while building or sharing yeah. a technique the most difficult part is the fact that most of us are going to be doing a by ourselves and so you you can't hold the camera and use both hands so you put the camera on a stable surface or or like a tripod but then it becomes disengaging yeah for the audience because they they want to see the other side of it or they want to be able to zoom in you know and steve 
the, it makes a lot of sense why you guys are discussing the secondary camera because you're able to cover, you know, more more range with your visuals. Yeah. But I want to know, you know, what are the solutions that people are coming up with? If if the problem that we're having is that people don't feel engaged, well, stop thinking about it by by being kooky on camera. Not no offense, Al. Like <laughs> doing the the scientist thing in the middle of your video was brilliant right but it doesn't surprise me that you do little additives like that that's half of the reason i want to come and watch every single video that you produce because there's always going to be something that kind of snaps me back if if things seem a bit too repetitive or if something's dragging on i know you're going to pull the attention back when we're doing live and we can't pre-key this stuff or we can't pre-produce anything how do we how do we solve the problem of like I'm losing people or they, or they can't see it or, or they're not close enough. Like maybe it's my production background, but I want to try and figure out production solutions for that mm. rather than like, you know, wearing a weird t-shirt that's just going to make people yeah. feel like I'm silly the entire time. It's not about that. Like the stuff that Al does by leading by example is, it's not him doing anything that's outside of his personality. He's not trying to kind of like clickbait you into watching yeah. this video. It's just exactly what he would do in front of 50 complete strangers or you, a friend. So when when we were doing the live stream and Jess was helping me film, I think the the aspect that worked the best or that really helped people stay engaged was the fact that I had another person and they were able to move the camera mm -hmm. around. And we had a yeah. discussion when we were practicing where it was like, okay, once I finish this, let's show what that looks like. So you get the wide view of me working and then you get these really tight views of what I just did or what we're talking about for the next step. But not everybody can do that. So now you got things like uh, Wobi is making his jib arms or the one that I have in the shop is made by Eric from Cutworks. And I can maneuver this you know, uh, actuated arm and raise yeah. and lower it and do little like zoom ins and stuff. I feel like that's going to be kind of difficult for me to get used to, but I had enough people yesterday and the day before saying like, you should do more lives or I would love to see more mm -hmm. kind of demo style filming. Well, if I can't rely on getting Jess to come over and be a camera person for me for an hour or two, how do I do that effectively by myself and still make it feel like people are getting that full range of engagement? Like here's yeah. the close up instead of just doing this, you know, <laughs> like I, you guys can't see this that are listening, but it's just like I'm far away. And now I put the thing right next to the camera and I make sure that it's focused by putting my hand behind it. And then when it doesn't work, I just give up. And now you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I, th I think yeah. that is important because, because that's why stuff like Twitch doesn't work for me. Yeah. Because it's just a fly on the wall and it's real time and it's not it's not an engage, it's not a conversation. It's yeah. like voyeuristic. And I'm sure there's people who enjoy it, um, whether it's like background watching or what I, I just don't understand it because it's not engaging, it's not um it's not a conversation, it's not it doesn't have those elements, Brett, like you say, of unexpected or change, you know, yeah. need to change the camera angle, need to change the scale, need to change the pace. You know, mm -hmm. not to the Michael yeah. Bay extent, but to an extent that something is keeping my attention. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think mm -hmm. like if you if you're talking about um, uh, a, a live stream like that, I think it also depends 
on what your um what your purpose is mm -hmm. for the live stream like uh you look at someone like um like the, the live streams that, that we've been doing at the forge where we're trying to show you that we we can make uh, a blacksmith knife in an hour from um from first heat to first cut sort of thing and um and we we, we try and do stuff like that where we we show everything um so for us i and i said this with uh the live stream that we did on saturday um what we should have done is had basically blue petered it and the repetitive stages like drawing the eye or drifting the eye there is no way that we should have started with one that was so small we should have started with an eye that was pretty much fully drifted um maybe had another one punched and just been able to say this is what so we were a bit, a bit blue peter kind of yeah yeah and just go to the next stage and and have the ability for stages that are really repetitive to be able to just mm -hmm. jump ahead because you're going to do it if, if it was a um a recorded um like youtube video sort of thing then you would cut all that boring shit out anyway, or you'd at least speed it up, sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I, I disagree. I think showing that whole process from start to finish for an hour, and the fact that that's how far you can get with two and a half professionals, <laughs> you know that. I think that's a testament. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. If, if yeah. He went, but, and then here's one that's been drifted, and then here's one where yeah. it has been followed. You know, like it, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, like I said, if you want to see the whole axe being made, come to the yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, it, it depends on what your um, objective is. Mm. Um, I think for for the one that we were doing, I think having the um, the drift, uh, the eye opened up already. I think that would have been good because then we could have done the forge weld. Then we could have drawn out the uh, the actual bit and got onto kind of almost a fully finished uh, or fully forged axe by the end of it, um, because. From an engagement point of view, watching Joe and Al take it in turns to drive a drift through an eye is not particularly engaging. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you should be doing that for every single one. I'm just thinking like that's if you know that there's repetitive tasks and you just want to spend an hour showing someone start to finish how to do a thing. Then that's great. If well, but if it is, point, if it is point, you were you were then going to other rooms and looking at other machinery yeah. and showing. You know, even like picking up clinker off a drive, like yeah. it, it it kept that story going. It wasn't just someone drawing a drift yeah, for an but, hour. But if that well, that's what Brett was asking though, is if it was someone doing it on their own, mm. then they wouldn't be able to go off and look at you just gotta get, you've got to get creative, haven't you? You've got to yeah. somehow yeah, set that, up like foot pedals with like camera actuators <laughs> on where you can like switch between them or something. Yeah. But but this is what I mean, like if 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 it is just you there on your own and you want to to go through the whole thing and you want to keep it engaging, then then having that blue Peter option to kind of skip forwards. You keep saying blue Peter, a, both of you guys. I don't understand good. what that means at all. Uh, it's a, a cultural thing, I guess. It's a it's a kids TV program over here. And whenever they would show you how to make something, they'd get to the point where they'd just put the glue on and they were waiting for it to dry. And then they'd go, and here's what I made earlier. Okay, so the cooking show, we put this in the oven at 200 degrees yeah. Celsius, yeah, and yeah, yeah. here's one that I already did. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, you, the, I'm just saying, like, that is certainly an option um, to be able to uh, fast forward over kind of the 
the less glamorous stages if that's what you're looking for in terms of in terms of engagement yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but then there's the other option which is you go for a live stream like someone like jeff where he's doing something boring and monotonous he's you know he's hand sanding the thousand fucking knife blades and he's just got the camera set up and he's just talking at the camera he's engaging directly with the people that are on the live stream because he's not doing mm -hmm. it as an educational thing he's doing it as an entertainment thing mm -hmm. um so yeah i like the the point i was trying to make is it depends on what your objective is with the um with the live streams if you if you're trying to do a a demo where you're showing start to finish this is how you can make a thing than mm -hmm. having the here's one i made earlier stuff prepped is an option if you want to show this is how long it takes to just do this one stage then like al said you need to kind of you need to be engaging with the audience as well and and doing that and doing whatever you can it, i mean it's great having someone else there to take the piss out of and to have a bit of banter with um even if that other person is just someone else in the chat i mean i i know uh if I was doing it for yours as well but john was great to have in the live chat because he was answering questions if i didn't see them he would answer them or he would put a link in if i was if i said it um out loud he would then type it in and hit that and it's a huge help to have someone just in the live chat just answering those questions that you might miss um just because it it, it helps keep people engaged um Absolutely. or if you are just having a chat then and just engaging with people and doing it whilst you're doing boring things then i think that's a a good way to go as well um yeah i think i think what it all comes down to is any kind of moderator even if they're in in house with you or yeah. being able to help over whatever this live stream thing is i know when laura does hers i was helping for a little while and um marielle has been helping quite a bit i think yeah. because timing wise i'm not up you know when laura starts yeah. her live streams or whatever um it's super helpful, you know, in, in the YouTube sense, it was a lot for the trolls and, and kicking people. But as far yeah. as these like Instagram goes, you don't really get trolly stuff because the majority of the people that are following you genuinely want to follow you. And it's not just yeah. random people. Um, you know, I have to mention this from a from a video production standpoint or a movie production uh, standpoint. The whole idea that you can move through the rooms like you did, Steve, where you were actually, yeah. you know, jumping between the different machines and stuff. From the movie side of things, from the cinematic side of things, it's the same reason everybody loves the the single shot from Goodfellas, yeah. you know, walking through. When you're actually taking the viewer, because the viewer is the camera, like we see yeah. things from the angle of the camera. When you take us through your space, you allow us to... Um, like get a sense of the environment it's it's engaging without you even really having to do anything because it's yeah. we we become more um like fed you know you're you're feeding us more of the the context or, or the environment that you're in the lighting of this room what does this machine look like even being able to show me that the the other power hammer was green as opposed to the <laughs> old one well now i i see the story between the old machine and the new machine and yeah, all of these little bits of of context and scenery, just they're just fodder, right? They just yeah. feed us, and it's engaging to us because we just want a little bit more than the static shot. Again, goes back to the idea that it's 
it's difficult to do something like that when you are completely by yourself. But if yeah. you have the option and if you're doing these live educational things or the live streams, just sharing whatever kind of nonsense, you know, I do think Jeff does a great job of just, yeah, he's so, you know, keyed in and he's on autopilot with doing his sanding and everything. He's able to engage with everybody and it's really fun yeah. and enjoyable because it, it like distracts him from the repetitive process and we're able to just shoot the shit. Yeah. I think it would be amazing to be able to like, you know, if Al had the capacity to have five different cameras that he could have a switcher board jumping around between, I think he would blow that out of the water <laughs> by himself because Al seems capable of like keeping that stuff in order. Right. Um, Bruce, there's just one on Bruce. So it's just a reaction yeah. Bruce shot every time. Like, I would love to be able to see stuff like that, but it requires a lot of forethought and a lot of, you know, like, time and energy and probably money to be able to set stuff up like that. Yeah. Um, really all I'm, all I'm saying with this is that I think all of us are going to have to get more aware that this is probably going to be more regular, more and more regular in the future. As far as these like live mm -hmm. demos, live streams, more distanced learning. Um, and I think rather than just going, right, I can turn a camera on myself and like, I'll get through this. I, I think you can only carry it so much before you start needing to add those other things like a secondary yeah. camera or just get a person, get a friend, get someone that's close to you that you trust to be able to hold and move the camera around and, and do yeah. prep work. You know, figure out what you need to show, how you can jump ahead this whatever blue, red, red. Curtis, whatever his name is that you guys are referring to. <laughs> Ready um, yeah. yeah, having the pre-made stuff, you know, I'm a little, uh, not upset, but I think what I should have done with the hook yesterday is have, what do you call those, Steve, when you have like the different stages already? Uh, already like forged? a storyboard. Okay, so or a storyboard. A progression board. Progression board. I, I should have done that because... Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have felt so rushed to try and create what was a small piece, you know, like doing a small little hook. It's not crazy intensive, but mm -hmm. I think I should have had stages done to be able to like take the pressure off of myself and being like, you don't yeah. have to nail this one perfectly because even if I had done the twist, which was the real bodge moment yesterday, I could have gone, you know what? That looks like crap. I have one three quarters of the way done. Chuck yeah. that into the graveyard, what? do it the, properly. The the beauty of having a um, a storyboard like that is, um, you know, the the ones that we've got are the the actual different stages are tied down and screwed to a a bit of wood, so we've got them all there. Um, and the beauty of having it like that is the fact that you can go through and you can say, all right, right, this is what we're looking for. This is what we start with. Blah blah blah. This. And you can, if you do a a, um, a, a stage. Um, you can have the the stock back in the fire heating back up and still be able to show you, all oh, right, this is where we are now. This is what I've just done. That's mm. created this shape here. So you've got that thing to reference to even when it's it's in the fire. Um, but you, know, you don't necessarily need to, if it fucks up, you don't need to chuck it away. You can say like, right, so this is what it should look like, but this one looks like this because I fucked up because I'm on a live stream and I was too busy engaging with you guys because you're so awesome and lovely and wonderful and I love you. Um, you know, you make you make a, 
a, a joke about it and you, you, you have a laugh. Um, and that, it, it, again, it, it, it makes the demo even more interesting because it, things are always more interesting when shit doesn't go right. Like if you watch someone do something and it goes perfectly, it's kind of boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Like the best thing about when we did the, um, the blacksmith knife live stream was the fact that Al just completely fucking spaffed it and just dropped the knife uh, in like, rather than doing the quench nicely, he basically just threw it across the forge and it just so happened to land in the quench bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those little cock-ups and jokes, it's, it's more fun. It's more engaging because it gives you the opportunity to take the piss out of yourself a little bit and not take yourself so seriously. I mean, I've, I've seen some live streams where it is so monotone and boring. It's like, this is the first stage, and then I do this, and then this is the next stage, and then I do this. And it's shit to watch. It's shit to listen to. You, There's no passion. There's no enjoyment. But if you're, if you're rushed around and you're engaged and you're you're having fun and you're passionate about what you're doing. People are going to be far more forgiving if you do fuck it up. And to be honest, especially for someone that's trying to learn, it's quite nice to see someone fuck it up as well because it it makes them go, oh, okay, so if I fuck up at that stage, it's not the end of the world. I can still finish it off. Mm-hmm. And and being able to show that, yeah, you can fuck something up and you can still like follow through all the rest of the stages and it's still worth doing. You still get a worthwhile product at the end of it, even if it's not perfect. Like that's a, a really, um, it's a really important thing. It, it it shows people that you know it doesn't have to be perfect at every stage. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time, and that those little um, those little imperfections and things they they add a bit of character and it shows that everyone's human and it's it's engaging. And I would even go so far as to say that it's spiffing. Uh, Al, what's the order? It's Azab. Azab, which means you are first, my friend. I'm going to think that through. Um, (laughs) So, uh, about a week ago, um, Poor Man's Maker Monster, uh, Steady Craftsman, released um, an animated short. I can't quite explain it. It was completely out of the blue. Um, it instantly transported me to to, to Brett's uh, Maker Challenge videos because um, it was this charming 8-bit little story um, and he'd done this lovely little animation, but it was like a real story from start to finish and he was just kind of talking it through as if he'd made this thing up. Um, yeah. And I just assumed it was a, an animation he'd done in After Effects. Um, and then someone who had helped him out previously a couple of weeks earlier called Vault the Robot. Um, He'd helped him with some other projects. I can't remember what it was. I think he was doing some graphics or something or maybe a character development for a little figurine. And just out of pure chance, I was happening to follow this guy's account. And it's a really small Instagram account and there's not a lot of things on it. And then just popped up this little animation that the craftsman had been doing. And then it turned out he's actually making the game and he's making the real video game that the craftsman had in his video. And it just looks fucking amazing. It's called No Dig Bill. And it's just like about a guy with a shovel uh, fighting aliens 
in the middle of the night while he's trying to sleep. And it just looks, it's amazing. It looks kind of like a game that you play on BMO. Um, and yeah. I can't wait to play it. And it's being developed as we speak. And I'm hoping it's going to get like a, an indie release or like a on Android or something. I don't know what the ultimate thing is. If it's like an Indiegogo, I don't know if you need funding for this kind of shit. Um, yeah. But it's just an absolute joy. So if you haven't seen it, go and check out The Craftsman. But my spiffy is Vault the Robot on Instagram. It's, it is so good. And now I can't get just no dig bill out of my head. <laughs> the entire video that uh, Craftsman did was fantastic, but they're nailing it, you know, and as somebody who is a huge fan of the old 8-bit and retro <laughs> stuff, obviously, I watched that and was taken back. You know, oh, my heart. Be still my heart. <laughs> but to know that they're putting so much kind of like love and effort into a, a pretty like silly storyline... It only makes more sense, you know. That's how old all those old video games were done. It was like, who the hell came up with Yo Noid? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no goddamn sense. But they're putting a lot of like, God, like the options with the the shovels and the costumes and all that stuff that he showed in the video. There's just, I, yeah, I cannot wait for it to come out. I'm gonna play the shit out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, yeah, the fucking customization. I forgot about that. No. Customize your character. And he can't call it, you know, he can't call it Iron Man, so yeah, it just like says comic hero. <laughs> comic hero. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, yes, right. Uh, I am actually going to, I'm going to give a quick extra shout out because um, whilst we were talking about uh, the online learning and showing things, especially food, um, and it being really difficult to show the smells and flavors and things of food um, visually without actually being there. Um, whilst I was at Gills, we talked a little bit about the fact that he works quite closely with Delicious Mag, um, and I would definitely recommend giving Delicious Mag a follow on Instagram because their food photography looks fucking amazing and everything they post up instantly makes me want to cook whatever it is they're making um and like there's i've on the screen at the moment i've got a like a bacon and some kind of fruit pancake with ricotta and some kind of drizzle over it and i can taste the flavors <laughs> just by looking at it so um so yeah uh go check out delicious mac because they they have some fucking great stuff on there. But that is not who I'm spiffing. Uh, I am uh, Total Respiff, um, friend of the podcast and of Maker Camp at large. Um, and I can never quite pronounce his name. But Justin Dietrich uh, is a lovely guy. Um, he was attending Maker's Camp last year. Um, but this year he was all set to do some live um timber framing um i think brett spiffed him a couple of months ago uh mm-hmm. whilst he was doing the build out on his um ship shop um but i just want to give him another shout out because he's such a wooden um i unfortunately didn't get to see his live stream um i know he's put some of it up on his instagram um so i'm gonna give that a watch later um but yeah he's just a, a super nice bloke who makes some amazing stuff and 
works with Wood in a way that makes me extremely jealous because he just seems to be able to look at Wood and it, it bends to his whim. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just he's just a great guy. So go go give him some love. Uh, Brett, that means you are next. Oh yeah. So I've been chatting back and forth with this dynamic duo of a YouTube and Instagram account. Um, I think a few of us are interacting with them or, or they've been found out by a lot of the fools folks, but when geeks craft <laughs> is a delightful, uh, partnership team. I don't know. They are, they're fantastic. And I know they, uh, just did an interview, which is on YouTube and I will need to find the link to that. Uh, I can't remember the exact show that they were on, but there's a lot about uh, yeah. resin pouring and working with resins and epoxies, but they ended up telling a lot more about kind of what got them started and a little bit more of the backstory. Um, turns out we started chatting with each other over Zelda and nerdy things and the beautiful maps they were <laughs> making for Avatar The Last Airbender and pretty much anything that has a world map in it as part of the lore yeah. <laughs> they've either attempted to make it or they are planning on working on it in the future it's it's awesome. such like a beautiful meld of nerdiness but also knowledge of you know cnc machines general woodworking yeah. and then epoxy pouring and finishing and like they this idea that um the craft that they do is stuff that's been created before, right? Like it has a basis for them to refer to in terms of the maps or currently they're working on Super Mario Brothers 3, like one of the overworld maps. And it's hysterical yeah. because everybody in the comments and everybody that's chatted with them says the same thing. It's like, I can hear the music playing when I look <laughs> at this. Like it is so well executed that it brings back all of these, you know, childhood memories of playing the games. They have a Twitch channel that they started relatively recently where they are doing kind of like live gaming, but I believe they're also putting some of their build process. So with this chat about us doing more live engagement made me think about them. Uh, they're, they've been nothing but nice and, and hilarious to have stupid nerdy conversations with. Like we were all losing our minds because they were about to get the 900th Korok seed from breath of the wild, which is like, hundreds of hours of investment to find these one little trinkets within the game that yeah. end with you receiving a giant golden poop. Like it does nothing for you by getting all of the 900, but they did it. Um, they're super nice. And honestly, if anybody starts following them, like, please feel free to reach out through DMS. They're, they're nothing but just like engaging and they keep yeah. the fun conversations going. Uh, watch their Twitch stuff because I think that's pretty fun to have in the background. I've I've had a few things doing that recently, and then the interview, which I will get a link for the show notes because I can't remember what episode they were on of the, the, the podcast thing that they did. <laughs> Sorry, I did not prepare very well for this live recording <laughs> that, that we do every week. That was back. half an hour late. Hey, easy. <laughs> If nothing else, uh, it's 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 a, a useful and creative reason to have epoxy in your projects. There you go. 
<laughs> I I mean, I think it's it's pretty well known that I'm not the biggest fan of just throwing epoxy or resin on stuff. But when it's just... to literally be the water in a map of the Witcher, then fucking go for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, um, one of the most recent projects they did outside of their maps and their other crafts, though, like, I am a cat person. They realized that the cat was constantly sitting in the cardboard boxes, so they made, like, a legit cat box. It looks <laughs> like a cardboard box, but it's made out of, like, plywood and yeah, and, like beautifully detailed and stuff, but it's it's a cat box. Awesome. <laughs> so, like, so they just are are delightful people. Nice. That's a good shout. Um, it, and uh, again, it's it's not one that I'm at all familiar with, so I shall enjoy checking that out. Uh, uh what what what's next? Any other business? Any, is there any other business from either of you? Not from me. Mm, no. Don't sound too sure about that. Yeah, there was, but for him. Yeah, okay. Um, I also. Oh yes, some... go and watch Phil's video. Yes. To make yes. yourself feel good and sad at the same time, which is a yeah. beautiful emotion. Yeah. Um, that's uh, Phil from Dark Star Studios. Uh, a wonderful tribute. Uh, I will put the link to it in the shows in a sec. Um, yeah, go go and check that out. Um, I can't remember what my other thing was, so I'm gonna just sail on by. Um, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade Thirteen, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack, no big deal. <laughs> And if you want to find us as a group, you can find us fools of tools. Um, <laughs> words, words are hard. Um, yeah, uh, we are on the internet. Go, go find us. Um, uh, with that, yeah, fucking, I'm really failing at this tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's it. So we will see you next week. Uh, or I say, see you. We will speak at you next week and hope that you enjoy it. Um, I think with all the talk no... of this episode, we need to do a, a live one soon. Yeah, we should really do another live one soon. Maybe it's if it's like um, episode 150 or something. Uh, the one that was like three episodes ago? Damn it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, no, that was last week's. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, we love you. We'll see you next week. Bye! <laughs>